Hey guys, and welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, as always, presented by our good friends over at Scentlock. I am incredibly excited about today's episode. This is an episode that I have wanted to do for a long time. Ever since I started in the hunting podcast world, I've wanted to do this episode, and that is an episode with my father. Um, he's one of my best friends. Um, he's my mentor. He's, he's the one that got me started in hunting. Um, I've got so many stories that I could tell about hunting with my dad uh, and just some of the fun stuff we've done and gotten into. Um, and that's exactly what we're here to do today. We talk about my start into hunting, uh, the first deer I ever shot, uh, the first doe I ever shot that had nuts. Uh, that's a fun story. Uh, but we talk about just some of the crazy adventures we get in, um, kind of the things that he has done uh, and did along the way to keep me interested in hunting, uh, the things that I am implementing to keep my kids interested in hunting, um, and how he's now getting his grandkids involved in hunting. And so, guys, I promise you, it's a fun episode just to listen to and, and laugh at, but uh, there's also some really good um, tips and tricks on how to get and keep kids involved in hunting. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you'll enjoy this. I am with Randall Ray, my father, and it's going to be a good episode. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. Guys, if you've been around hunting at all, you've probably heard of a little company called Muddy. I have learned that if it says Muddy on it, I can trust it. From tree stands, ground blinds, trail cameras, to all the accessories. If it says Muddy, it's a name I can trust. I love their tree stands. I love their ground blinds. I love their trail cameras. The new Merge and their Morph Cellular Trail Cameras, they're phenomenal. Especially when you pair them up with a solar panel and they last forever. Guys, I would encourage you to check out Muddy uh, for all your tree stands, ground blinds, all the accessories, bow hangers, uh, harnesses, everything tree stands or ground blinds or accessories related. If it says Muddy, I know that I can trust it. Guys, I know the new Rage. The new Rage is these super light tree stands that cost like 400 bucks. And I'm like, well, <laughs> why would I spend 400 bucks on one when I can spend 100 and get four? tree stands um, that are all going to perform. They're all going to be safe. They're all going to be comfortable. Guys, Muddy is the gold standard, in my opinion, uh, for what a tree stand and a ground blind and trail cameras should offer you. So guys, go check them out. They are phenomenal. And I promise you, if you're shopping at a Dick's Academy, Bass Pro, Cabela's, anywhere, if it says Muddy, I promise you it's a name you can trust. All right, Dad. So before we uh, jump into the conversation... Give me an introduction to yourself. How long? How long have you been hunting? You're you're from the you're, you're a little bit old school at heart. I mean, I probably the first time I went hunting, I was probably in the third grade. Okay, so I'm doing some bath here without making that <laughs> fifty one years ago. I, let's see. I've been hunting probably, let's see, oh my goodness, this is ridiculous. So, probably 50 years. 
Oh, long enough to where you can't remember. Long <laughs> enough where I can't remember. Right. Now you started like, but you started, like I said, a little bit old school. I mean, you started like with small game and small, just hunting with squirrels with, and yeah, squirrels, rabbits, Southern Arkansas, you birds, was eating them, snakes, whatever, whatever you could hunt. This was you was hunting. Now, tell me about your start into hunting, which I don't think I've ever actually heard because your dad wasn't a hunter. Dad so wasn't who got a hunter. you into hunting? Uh, uh, my family moved out into the country uh, when I was in the second grade. Across from uh, our house was um, uh, an archery range. And so we would go and find arrows after the guys would come out there and shoot and lose their arrows and we would make little stick bows and shoot, <laughs> shoot our, uh, uh, use those to shoot their arrows. Huh. I thought you were going to go entrepreneur with that and say we'd sell them back to them. <laughs> no, we'd no, go, no, we'd no, no. Go find them and say, hey, no, I got no. your arrows. They were much too precious to us to sell them back. Oh, well, I, I guess I really should say to me, I had, uh, I had one friend. Uh, Brad Atchison that went down there with me the very first time I ever found any arrows. And after that, it was just me. But it was a little bit of a, a highway, Highway 245, that you had to cross. Of course, back then, there wasn't one car an hour, hardly. But yeah. but we had to cross that to go over to the archery range. Have I ever told you that I used to, <laughs> I used to pay your grandchildren? To find arrows for me? Say, so every arrow you find, I'll give you five bucks. No. Where at? Like, back here? Just where you were shooting? Yeah. Oh. Just like if I couldn't find them. Oh, cool. Harper was the best at it. Harper. I can, yeah. She found a lot of arrows. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I would just say. Tucker probably would not give you your arrow back if he found well, it. He was awfully little when I, when I. Oh, okay. When I would, uh. When that was was happening, but now I would just say, listen, somewhere in this area, I can't find it. <laughs> and if you find it, for every arrow you find, you get five bucks. Harper found like three in a day one time. Cool. I, I didn't want to pay her for a couple because I'm like, these are two years old and <laughs> they're all messed up. Like they're two, the, the the field points were rusted inside the arrows. I'm like, what? I hey, I said a deal is a deal. You get five bucks. Um, so in Arkansas. You grew up hunting a little bit of the redneck way, if you will. So did you start hunting with a bow or did you start hunting with a twenty two? And then hey, who got you into it? Like you never said Well okay. Um my my dad did not hunt now, not that he hadn't went hunting. He wasn't against hunting. Oh no 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 no. He had been hunting in his life. Um but his older brother, my uncle, my uncle Leonard, was uh I believe he's twelve years older than my dad. Uh, he is the one that started taking me bow hunting. Uh, I absolutely, I don't, I don't know if it was the archery range, watching those guys pull up and, and walking in the woods. Um, none of them ever said, Hey, come on over here with us and follow us around. I always hoped that they would do that, but they would always tell us to, uh, to Be go it. home, to stay out of the woods, to, you know, just keep us out of the way, which is understandable. But um, uh, I, I don't know if it was that, but I just always wanted to shoot bows after that. Uh, uh, made a couple of bows, of course, just, 
you know, stick and string. Uh, started using those found arrows. And uh, uh, later, uh, my first bow, I believe it was a bear. It was like yellow and white uh, graphite or or fiberglass or something. There's people who could tell you exactly what it was. Yeah. It, just by the, just by the description, sure. they'd be like, I'm sure, oh, yeah, it's a 62 Kodiak I, yeah. Magnum. I'm sure they've got one at their house. But yeah. it, was, it was a little bit of a, a square-like bow. Um, uh, but it actually shot, you know, uh, of course in my mind, I, you know, I, I could beat, beat Howard Hill at that point in my yeah. life. Just not Chuck. Yeah. Oh no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Which, uh, we actually just, you're, you, well, let's, we'll get into that later. Um, about the, the sh- shoulder surgeries and, and being able to pull a bow back again. Um, but so. Fast forward um, to when I was, I don't know, 12. It's probably about when I started. Um, I don't think I killed my first one until I was probably 14 or 15. No. Yeah, it's probably about right. Yeah, probably 14. Um, but fast forward to when I was 12. And those are some of my best memories because there was no trail cameras. There was no leases. There was no, like... You know, it was, we're going into the Ozark Mountains and we're going to see yeah. if we find any deer, which is, is hard, but, um, those are some of my fondest memories just because th- that's fun. Like I've oftentimes talked about, and you know, I, I see the value in trail cameras and I run trail cameras. I have probably six out right now, but I still don't use trail cameras. I, I, and I admire that because Thinking back to when I was a kid, it w- it was so much more fun because you didn't know what you were going to see. You you know, nowadays, it's like the moment I see a buck, I'm like, oh, that's the Big Ten or, oh, that's, you know, Boss or that's, you know, whatever you've named them. The moment you, the, the buck stops out, you've already decided I've, I'm going to let that, that deer pass. And so it kind of takes away that like, holy cow, I had no idea this buck was in the area that fun, you know, discovery of, I didn't even know if there would be any bucks here. And now I'm, I've got two in front of me. Um, honestly, it has missed that. It's nothing to admire, uh, not using trail cameras in my case. Uh, the hardest I've ever worked for a deer was when you were in college and you wanted to come home and hunt dad. Can you, I, I don't have time to, do all my, you know, I, I, I can't go out and scout. I can't do all this stuff. Can you go out and, and, and find me a deer that I'll have an opportunity to shoot while I'm home for a couple of days? I hunted harder for a couple of weeks than I ever have. I actually, the night before you got home, I, I don't know if you knew this or remembered this. Oh, I plan but, on telling the story. Oh, <laughs> for sure. But the night... Before you got home, I had to go change the tree stand at midnight because the wind was going to be different. I do remember it. And I I went and, and did that. That's probably the hardest. Still didn't use trail cameras, but um, I, I, I put the work in and then you were, I'll, I'll let you tell the story, but I, uh, you were able to kill that deer by, right there? by far the biggest deer you had ever killed that at, deer right at there? that point. 
I, I was just simply because I, I didn't do it because I wanted you to kill a nice deer. I mean, we didn't even know it was in the area. I, I, well, I knew there was big deer because I, I looked around, but but I just did it because I was afraid you was going to drop out of college if you didn't get to do some yeah. of the things that you enjoy. That that was my only. That, that's why I put in the hard work. So, I define a good hunter. Let me just let me, and you're going to disagree because you're a humble guy. You're you're too humble in everything. Um, I define a good hunter not as who's got the biggest deer in the books or, oh, that guy has a world record. He must be a great hunter. No, because I've got to talk to several world record holders, and some of them are like, dude, I've stumbled on that elk. Like I had no intent, had no idea he was even there. I'd never seen him, never heard of him, never. I Day one, I walked out of my tent, there's a world record, and I shot him. And I'm like, okay. So you hear that. So I don't even, even define a, a good hunter by who's got the biggest deer. I define a good hunter by who can walk on a piece of property. You could drop them in Alaska and they're going to find animals because they just, they're woodsmen. They're all around sportsmen and woodsmen. Not that they're killing giant world-class animals, but that I can give them a piece of property and say, here's 80 acres, find deer. And they're going to find deer and kill deer consistently, not just stumble upon a giant every once in a while or, you know, and, and hey, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, you talk about Chuck or you talk about Alan Bolin and those guys who are killing world records. It's because they pass up, you know, hundreds of little ones to, to kill a world record and they're a good hunter. But what how I define a good hunter is that I can give somebody a piece of property and say, here's your 80 acres. Here's the boundaries. Go hunt. And they're going to find deer and kill deer. Um, that's how I define a good hunter. And not just deer, but anything. I mean, if I set you out there, you'll come back with squirrels uh, or something. Um, and that's how I define a good hunter. And that was the moment I knew my dad was a good hunter. I call him. Here's, here's what happened. There was a piece of ground. Um, and it was right off the highway. So everybody. Right next to a railroad track. Right next to a railroad track. Right next to Walmart. <laughs> right next to yeah. Walmart. It was out of city limits. Everything's legal. But. Everybody could see this cornfield essentially right outside of town, right off the highway. Three-acre cornfield. Three-acre cornfield, and it was at an auction lot. So they were always having these big consignment auctions. Shh, you're going to tell people where we were hunting. Well, he don't own it no more. I don't care. They can go bug him like crazy now. <laughs> I'll, okay. give, you, I'll okay. give you his phone number. No. <laughs> um, it was in an auction lot, a big consignment auction. So all these auctioneers and farmers were always seeing these deer back in this cornfield. And uh, this gentleman in your church, my dad's a, a pastor as well. Um, so this gentleman in your church had been bugged forever about this property. Can we hunt it? Can we hunt it? Can we hunt it? No, probably not. No, probably not. Um, well, I just randomly called Mike at college. I was sitting there in, in my dorm room, and I'm like, I want to go home and hunt. So I called Mr. Mike, and I say, hey, Mike, could I – uh can I hunt that cornfield? You know, I'm, I'm up, you know, I gave him the whole, ah, dude, I'm at Bible college, man. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting in my dorm room. I'm poor. I'm broke. I just want to hunt. And he's like, you know, that'd probably be okay. And I was like, what? Like, wasn't expecting to get a yes. And so I call you and I'm like, guess who just gave him permission to hunt? And you're like, no way. <laughs> and, uh, so I call you and I'm like, I'll be there this weekend or next weekend, whatever it was. Can you have it set it, up? It was about two weeks away. It took me, yeah, I worked on it for about two weeks. Can you have it set up? And you're like, yeah, I can try. And I show up the first morning. I saw some deer. 
Um, and then the first evening I shoot that deer, um, which that was my first deer with a bow. Um, my first, my first buck with a bow and he came 12 yards away and he was not the only one. I mean, I had three other bucks come in that night and I was just in that moment. I'm like, my dad's a good hunter because I gave him a piece of property that he's never been on, never explored to hunt. Um, you've seen it, of course you, but anyways, never been on and set up a place to hunt. And in two weeks he nails down a big buck and we kill him. And that to me, that was the moment I was like, my dad's a good hunter. The neat thing about this story is, is the next year I killed probably his son, his no dad, the dad, the dad of yeah. that deer. Yeah. He was an extremely old deer. And, but when I showed Dylan a picture of it, I sent Dylan a picture. He was like, dad, look at this. And he had, he had done something with his phone and put his picture of his deer up against my deer yeah. and the racks were like identical. identical. It, yeah. it was identical. But uh, then the very next, was it the very next night that we went out, same tree stand, and you had your bow, and I don't think you'd ever been that mad at me in your life. Do you remember what happened? I said, Dad, you got to try these new expandables. Oh, yes. I said, Dad, you got to try I these forgot. new expandables. <laughs> and uh, oh, at the time, you were shooting goodness. like a, a 93- bow like an old 25 year old bow uh, it was yeah i i used that bow it was a game getter from hoyt i done that because, because of chuck. Chuck, <laughs> chuck's influence that's what he shot at the time uh and i i'm i never kept up with the times i kept that bow forever still got that bow won't, will not get rid of that bow and uh uh dylan's like you gotta use this so i I gave no thought to it. We we screwed the broadhead on my bow, uh, and it was my turn to shoot. Uh, a few deer came out. I took a shot, and it hit the deer, and it just simply bounced out, just rattled out. And so we did a little bit of uh, uh, investigating on why this would have happened, and I was shooting that game getter at, I, as low as it would go, uh, I think it was on probably like 48 or 50 pounds at that time, something like that. And it wasn't shooting near, uh, the speed that it needed to shoot to deploy the, the broadhead. So I missed that. I can't, can't remember. <laughs> it, it was a buck that I shot at. I, it I was, it was the buck that came in with that buck the night before. Oh, it was a because, tall. Yeah. It was a tall I said, there he is. That's the one that came we, in with it. I don't know if we could tell, but it was a tall six or eight point, and it just, it just, the, the, the <laughs> arrow said, just said. bounced out. There was about a quarter of inch that had like a little drop of blood on it. And, um, I, I think we may have hit its elbow. Uh, or I think <laughs> we, <laughs> I think I may have hit it. Uh, hit its elbow a little bit, just that was covering its vitals, and I thought it was a good shot. And it, yeah, you said, You idiot, <laughs> I've shot the same three blade broadheads for yeah, <laughs> 40 years, and they've always worked. <laughs> I don't know that I, I called my child an idiot though, but I, I probably did. Um, but yeah, I remember that. Uh, Let me let's get back to successful hunting, uh, to me, <laughs> and and not that I am, uh, 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 trying to compare myself with anybody, 
but I do believe that I'm a successful hunter. And I really think that it is something that my uncle, uh, just by osmosis, uh, just instilled uh, in me. The way I define success for me, not for anybody else, but is simply enjoying hunting. Yeah. Uh, I have went 20 years without killing a deer with a bow before. And I still enjoyed every time yeah. I went out. Still to this day, I, I haven't bow hunted uh, because I had several, several uh, shoulder surgeries and stuff. And I haven't bow hunted in, well, I haven't killed a deer in five, um, uh, maybe five or six years uh, with my bow. Um, but um, we did buy you a bear crossbow. You did. I and and I, I don't know how you how you define proficient with those things. First time I ever shot it, you hit quarters at twenty yards, you know. But um, I, uh, I I I shot it quite a bit, but I I, I never I never used it. Never went hunting. Well, that makes me feel uh, good. Well, I you know <laughs> whatever. Uh, it has shot some deer. I, I let some people borrow it that that shot some deer. Um, but uh, my uncle was probably he was in his 40s uh maybe late 40s when he started hunting with me his his older son his only son bobby had he was out of the house he didn't hunt with him any longer um he he moved away shortly after that but uh my uncle would come by and 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 I hunted with him even after I was married but and and I never uh, saw my uncle kill a deer. He he did kill some. He he killed one. Uh, uh, don't know how old he had gotten at that point, but he killed one a couple of years after I got married. Uh, I was still hunting with him, uh, not not near as much, but uh, uh, he he would get so excited. If we just saw deer, yeah. if we jumped deer walking in, if he would get, he would get so excited. I, I always remember <coughs> he would always have coffee, bologna and cheddar cheese sandwiches to eat. He enjoyed the camaraderie around, you know, the truck at noon and we just simply had a blast hunting yeah and i still that's how that's how i define it uh, uh chuck adams was uh you got him to sign uh the book life at full draw to me and as i read that book you know growing up uh reading the magazines the articles i thought man i want to be like chuck man that it's unbelievable and uh after reading that book I was like, I don't want to be nothing like Chuck because <laughs> he's intense. <laughs> he he like he works so unbelievable hard at this. Yeah, it's and and I'm sure most of the the guys that that even come close to his level of hunting, they they work so hard. Not that that uh, I I actually love to work hard, but just simply not at hunting. I, I just uh, now my hunting is. Uh, you know, I always go through the the time of uh, 
you know, I'll load up my four wheeler. Uh, by the way, uh, I have that four wheeler, uh, Mike <laughs> that let you hunt on his yeah. property. He took me out for pastor appreciation. He and his wife bought me that four wheeler. Um, uh, but I always load that up because that's just part of it. But I can't, uh, probably for two or three years, I haven't even unloaded the four wheeler. I drive within about 50 yards of my stand, my blind. I, I walk to it and I hunt. Now that isn't how you bow hunt, I, you know, but that's how I rifle hunt. Yeah. I, <clears throat> and, and I probably hunt with about four or five guys. Uh, there's 10 guys, uh, in our club. Uh, we're sort of a divided club. We've got the northern and the southern, uh, all the southern part. Them are my guys. Uh, they all go to church with me. Uh, I, I usually, like my Uncle Leonard, I have enough food to feed everybody every time we go hunting. Yeah. That, that's just, my wife will, will, uh, the first night, uh, or the first opening season. Now this is, again, this is rifles, not, not archery, but, uh, uh, she'll cook me fried chicken, bone in, old fashioned, just fried chicken, and she'll cook tons of it. And it's awesome. And I, best, best chicken in the world. Um, so you told, you told me that you shot that game getter because of Chuck. And I remember telling Chuck that and he's like, oh, that's so cool, you know? And, and he said, well, why don't you mail me that bow and I'll sign it for him. And I said, dude, he would love that. You didn't tell me that. I, it was going to be a surprise. But then Chuck came to bear and he said, well, hey, I can't sign a Hoyt now. <laughs> he said, so now I need to sign a bear. Hold on. And so I will be with Chuck um, here in about a month at the Pope and Young Convention. And I will be taking him a bear recurve for you. Ah, yeah. So that you can have a bear recurve signed by Chuck. Um, 45 pound. 45 pounds. I still can't pull my 55 pound. Well, why don't we get you like a 35 pounder? No, 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 no. It's gotta be, I, I can pull with 45. Okay. Um, 45. But guys, I do, I do want to mention this though. Pope and Young Convention, April 12th through the 15th. Uh, the Bear guys will be there. Chuck will be there. Um, you can actually get a discount through Bear if you go to Pope and Young's website, go to convention, go to registration, and then put Bear 2023. Um, and the discount code, and you can get a discount for joining us at Pope and Young uh, on Bear. Um, but yeah, I thought this would be a good time to tell you that that you'll have a, mm. a Bear recurve side. Wow, Chuck, I'm so. already excited. But no, we uh, I'll, I'll have the pleasure of sharing camp with Chuck in December, and it's only about two hours from you. Um, so I had called you and I said, "Hey, I get to hunt with Chuck," and and you'll be joining us for a day or two um, just to hang out and and share camp. Um, but I was telling other guys that I'm like, I get to share ch camp with Chuck and one guy chuckled and I said, what? And he said, dude, I've hunted with Chuck. He said, it ain't no fun. I'm like, what do you <laughs> mean? It ain't no fun. He said, dude, he wakes up before you and he goes to bed after you. And the whole time he's hunting. Like when you wake up, he's gone. And when you go to bed, he's gone because he's hunting. Um, but that's how he kills giants. Yeah. And, uh, but no, I do want to go back. Um, so 12 years old, we start hunting. In the Ozark Mountains, um, <coughs> old 30-30 lever action. And I was sitting on the side of that hill, and we had two does come 30 yards in front of us. I remember it like it was yesterday. First time I was ever in close proximity of a deer. And uh, you said, don't shoot, don't shoot. I'm like, what do you mean don't shoot? I, 
I trusted you. Um, you said, don't shoot. And I said, okay. And those deer walk on by. And this was a, a big lesson I learned. And I thought about this literally this morning as I was taking Tuck to school. I see some deer in the field. But you said, don't shoot. And they walked by. I'm like, why didn't you, why didn't you want me to shoot? You said that back doe kept turning around looking behind her. And so you said, I thought a buck was coming with them, uh, was following them. And so I, you know, I learned that lesson. And then this morning. And I, a, yeah, a buck was following. I was taking Tuck to school and I see two deer coming out of the field and one has her head cranked all the way backwards. I'm like, there's something behind them. <laughs> um, and that was a lesson that I learned literally first day out hunting with my dad was that if deer are looking behind them, uh, and there's been times where, you know, I'm sitting there hunting and deer are looking behind them and all of a sudden a coyote runs out. But, um, you know, that was a lesson I learned right off the bat, but here's what you never said. You never said we're waiting on a buck. You never said that buck's not big enough. You never said, you said, shoot whatever you want, man. If you see it, shoot it. Um, and I think that's part of the problem of getting kids involved in hunting today is that dads are so set on like managing their properties to the best. And, and that's, that's perfect. Like, you know, good conservation. I, everybody listens to this knows I work for Pope and young. Uh, I'm all about killing mature animals and, and conserving. And, but when you're getting a kid involved and, and I've been there, dude, I shot two deer, one last year and one this year that I didn't want to shoot, but I had a kid with me and they were like, dad, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. I'm like, <laughs> okay, if that's, if, if that's going to make you enjoy this, I'll shoot that deer. And so, dude, I shot the littlest forky you've ever seen this year in Kansas. And I put my tag on a small deer, but you know what? My son ran to that deer and said, dad, this is our deer. We did this. This is our deer. And, uh, I was, that was the best moment. Didn't matter how big that deer was. The antlers are up in Tuck's room because I'm like, well, I'm not going to mount the deer for sure. It scores. It, it's a 18 inch deer. I don't want it. But he was like, do I get to put this in my room? And I'm like, <laughs> you sure can, bud. Um, and then the year before I shot a doe cause Hayden was with me and she's like, dad, I want, I want to see you shoot this deer. And I'm like, okay, if that, if I didn't want to shoot any more does, but I'm like, if, if you want to shoot, let's shoot it. So we shot a doe, but that's what makes them enjoy that. Sure. Um, and so I think that's part of the problem is these dads are so, oh, we got to wait for a bigger, that's not, that was not big enough. We need to pass that one. Listen, if you're trying to get a kid involved, let them shoot anything. Me and Tucker did some of the stupidest stuff ever this year, but he loved it. Like there were times, prime time, prime time of hunting where we would see a coyote and he'd be like, dad, let's go chase it. I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> let's get out and go chase this coyote during prime time of deer hunting. But my son still talks about that. Like he still tells stories about chasing the wolf in the woods. And, you know, another time we see a bobcat bed down in the wheat field. And he's like, dad, can we put a stock on that? He didn't use those words, but he's like, dad, let's sneak up there and kill it. And I'm like, let's do it. So we crawled for belly crawled and spooked every deer out of the woods. But my son loved it. He loved it. And that's what it's all about. And now I'm working to create, and now my son wants to go hunting with me. He wants to go out and turkey hunt. He wants to go out and, and, you know, do whatever we can outdoors because I've made it fun for him. I didn't just sit him down in a blind and say, that one's not big enough, son. Can't shoot that one yet. We, we're not, we're not here for does. If he sees something, he says, let's shoot it. We're going to shoot it. Um, and so let's fast forward to when I was 14. You took the same mindset. That morning we had does all out in the field and you're like, shoot one, let's do it. 
And so I shot my first deer, dropped it right there, dead. I was pumped. I was even more pumped when we picked it up and threw it over our shoulders and walked out because it weighed <laughs> 70 pounds. It wasn't that small. It was small. Um, but my mom said I had to tell this story. <laughs> my mom said I had to tell this story. Um, so that same day, shot my first doe that morning. Okay, get the full picture. We're we're down south, southern Arkansas, southern Arkansas, almost Louisiana, hunting at probably the the best camp in Arkansas, uh, Shallow, and hunting with a great group of guys that are all about family, all about uh, like nobody could come to camp. Uh, the first week, except those that were in the club or members were members. Uh, but then, uh, just a flood of kids, nephews, nieces, uh, some of, uh, the moms would come down there, the wives. And then it became all about the kids. Most, most, a lot of the guys just quit hunting. Uh, uh, and we would all, whatever stands we might want to be hunting, you know, we, we let the kids, we took them to the best stands. We, you know, it was, it was all about them. And, uh, so the first morning Dylan shoots a doe. Um, and then I had been there all week from, from, uh, the Wednesday before, uh, hunting through that weekend and all that week. And then Dylan gets down there that Saturday and, and I'm in a big hurry to get home. Uh, I needed, of course, you know, I studied while I was down there and things like that, but I was going to preach that, uh, Sunday morning. And, um, and to be honest with you, that was at, at that point in time, that was by far the longest I'd ever been away from, uh, from my wife and kids and, Man, I was just so ready to get home. So I was able to leave, uh, Dylan, uh, with one of my best buddies, um, Steve Reeves and his boys were down there as well. I rode down with his wife. Rode down yeah, he rode down wife. with his wife and, uh, uh, Shallow, uh, was down south of, uh, Monticello, Arkansas. And, um, they, they got down there. And, but of course I wanted to be there when Dylan killed his first deer, which I was. And so he kills his first deer. I go help him. Uh, we, we take care of the deer, get it all quartered and everything. And then I basically take a shower and leave to go home for four hour drive, four and a half hour drive at that time. Um, and so I leave him with Steve. Uh, I told Steve, I said, Hey, um, I don't, I don't, he jerked just a little bit. Um, uh, maybe dear, maybe, you know, this afternoon you can shoot with him on the bench some and, and, you know, tweak his shooting just a little bit. And which Steve did had him shooting really good. And so he goes out that evening, cut the deal and let him finish the story. Cause I wasn't there. <laughs> And maybe it's good that you weren't. Um, so I think I was up there all alone. I might have been sitting with somebody else, but I think I, I was think up you there were all by alone. yourself. Uh, now I remember these deer come out, and I mean I wasn't waiting on anything else. I saw a deer. I saw brown. I shot. 
this deer drops. I'm like, yes. I call Steve. I'm like, Steve, I shot another one. And he's like, well, that's, yeah, I'll come get it. And so Steve rolls out there and gets it. And now hold it. First, he calls me while he's still in his stand and he said, dad, oh, yeah. I killed him. He's like whispering. He's like, dad, I killed another doe. Yep. And you said, well, just hang tight because there might be more come out. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll have fun with it. So I continued to sit there until Steve came and we get this deer and it was smaller than the first one. It was itty bitty. And we throw it over, the, literally throw it over the shoulder. I had no idea. I was just like, it's a deer, you know? And so I threw it over my shoulder and threw it in the back of the truck. We went to camp. But he made a good shot on this deer. Yeah. Okay, that's important. And uh, Uncle Beer Gut <laughs> threw that deer up on the hooks and he went to cut it and he said, I was on the phone with you. I'm like, yeah, we got back to camp. And uh, Uncle Beer Gut said, hey, you might want to see this. And I said, what? And he said, this doe has nuts. <laughs> he said, you haven't shot your fir- another doe. You shot your first buck. And um, had to had to still have milk around his lips. I mean, just, and I'm like, dad, I shot a buck. <laughs> no, I, I actually said to you, I'm like, dad, this doe has nuts. <laughs> yeah. And you said, all of a sudden, you've shot a buck. <laughs> and, uh, and so I uh, that was the story of my first buck. Oh. <laughs> uh, Veal. Yes. <laughs> and so that was a good tasting buck. But again, like no guy in that camp said, Oh, you shot a buck, dude. It's too little. It didn't even No. no everybody no, no. was was everybody took the pictures. And... Thumbs up in the air. Yeah. Yep. I wish I do we still have that picture somewhere? It I'm sure it's so it, it it wasn't thrown away. Now finding it That was know. before smartphones, so that it was, was on a camera. We had it, to print it, it out. It was on but, a camera. Um, yeah, that was my first buck. Matter of fact, I think Steve took out his good camera. Yeah. So if we don't have a picture of it, Steve yeah. took a picture of it. When, the, when the, you know, we didn't take a lot of, we didn't kill a lot of big deer, uh, down at Shiloh. Um, there's a lot of deer down there. Oh, you'd uh, see a hundred in a day. Yeah. There's, there's not a, uh, there are some bigger deer that are killed down at Shiloh, but when you hunt with a bunch of guys in a club, and they let the kids kill anything and everything just to make sure that they get a deer. Uh, there's there's not a lot of, you know, letting the deer grow up. Uh, no. If you see it, you shoot it. So, But because of that camp, because of that atmosphere, because of that mindset, I'm still a hunter. Like, yeah. I'm still – had it been different, and had I went down there and you have a bunch of old men saying mm. – Hey, if it ain't got eight points or if it's broken off on one side, it's got to be at least 125. And if it's. Yeah, there, it, there was absolutely none of that. Great, great group of guys. Um, and sort of fit in it. I, I did have one problem with that camp. I was a member and went down there. Well, I went down there for several years, a couple, two or three years just as a guest. But then I was a member for about 10 years. and. There was never a game of cards or dominoes or nothing like that. That that we never did anything like that, which I, I'm sort of I, I enjoy doing that. I'd probably play you know with a group of guys like that. I'd probably play cards or dominoes or something like that every night. Now we did have our TV and uh, I have heard Chuck likes to play poker. Ah, all right. Uh, I, <laughs> I learned that because. Fred Eichler said, hey, ask Chuck about the time I beat him at poker. 
And I'm like, there's a story here. And he said, <laughs> did you ask? Oh yeah. And Chuck said, he didn't beat me. He did. I had to throw the towel in because anyways, they had played poker for like 13 hours. And, oh, good and grief. Neither of them were given in and they were in Alaska and they're like overnight. And they're like, dude, our, our plane's going to be here any minute. Like we have to. <laughs> and so Chuck threw the game apparently, but Fred's like, no, so he plays you. poker like he hunts, like he hunts all in. Oh um, my goodness. But no, so, uh, yeah, Chuck's like, he didn't beat me. I had to, I had to yeah. give in because I had to catch my plane. Uh, but those guys fit in really good with me the way I like to hunt. Like, uh, the old, uh, farmhouse that we, uh, that, that was the main camp. And then other people had their little shotgun cabins and stuff like that. The docks, uh, the bells, they, they had a pretty nice big cabin. Uh, but uh, uh, the old har- uh, farmhouse had like a uh, uh, like a commercial seven burner, I believe. Yeah, I uh, remember it. A, a Wolf Brand commercial stove with the griddle, with uh, I mean, you know, the big hood, uh, you know, and uh, uh, got to back up just a little bit. Uh, the the bells uh, they come from a family of. Uh, they're, they're doctors, like five of the people in our club were doctors, but, uh, uh, just good old country boys, uh, you know, sophisticated rednecks, if you will. But their grandmother, uh, if I remember the story correctly, she had the first, uh, gourmet restaurant this side of the Mississippi, yep. their grandmother, their great grandmother. And those boys, uh, when they were teenagers, uh, would work in this restaurant. Well, they all learned to cook and it's unbelievable how, uh, we would eat. Oh at, my gosh. It, it was, it was like every uh, meal. It was like every meal. It was like coming home and my, my wife would, would, or, or even during calling like you'd have to go to a certain place around the pond. And we had like a 50 acre pond, um, out in front of the old, I mean, it was a wonderful camp. And, uh, it was a redneck's paradise. We would, we would go out, you'd have to go stand out there and just, you know, stand on one foot and, you know, uh, uh, call, but I would call every night and I would tell her what we had for supper. And she's like, Oh my goodness. You know, one year I went to deer camp and came back, believe it or not, after hunting every morning. Now I, I usually, when I say I don't hunt hard, I don't work at it, though, I do spend a lot of time, like, like I would get out, you know, I go hunting every morning, I hunt till noon or so, you know, I was always the first guy to go back, I would, you know, uh, most of the guys would go back in the evening anyway, they would go back, you know, an hour, maybe an hour and a half before, you know, shooting light, uh, and, you know, I would go back out about, you know, two, no later than three o'clock. And I just like spending time, uh, out, out in the blind, but I gained like 14 pounds one week. <laughs> I uh, remember when he told me they were doctors. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> you mean the guy that you make me call Uncle Beer Gut is a doctor? <laughs> um, but the only, you say they were high class rednecks. The only citation, the only game warden given ticket I've ever received was with one of your doctor friends. Do you remember uh, Foot Doctor? Nibbles. Dr. Dr. Nibbles. Yeah. So he was from our hometown area, 
And uh, I had taken a massive liking to duck hunting. Um, and so he was like, let's go out and duck hunt. And I'm like, let's do it. And so we go out and we shoot a limit and um, we get back to the truck and there's a game warden sitting there. And he sees it and says, Dr. Nibbles, how are you, man? How's that foot doing? You know, how's it, you know? <laughs> And they talk and, and, um, they're talking for 10 or so minutes. And, and he says, well, this is Randall Ray's boy. And he says, oh, Pastor Randall Ray. Hey, I, man, man, I know his grandpa and all, oh, his dad, the feed store, you know. And he says, well, hey, you mind if I, I just got to check your boys' stuff out. So he's checking all our guns and he's like, well, you look good. You know, thanks for letting me look at it, Doc. You know, I appreciate it. And he said, well, hey, who shot that first duck? And well, I was proud. I said, I did. I knocked him right out of the sky. Dude blew his head off. <laughs> and uh he said, Okay, well and I was maybe sixteen, seventeen. And he said, Well Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You were in college. Was I? You came home from college and done that, huh? Okay. Yes. Just eighteen, Cause, nineteen. Because that's what leads up to the infraction was you'd driven home and it was extremely late when you went and bought your license, like two o'clock in the no, morning. No, no, no. My ticket was because I shot three minutes before shooting light. That's why he asked me who shot the first duck. He said, well, who shot the first one? And I said, that was me. And he said, well, that was three minutes before shooting light. Two minutes, whatever, a minute, uh, just a matter of minutes. And uh, gave me a ticket. And Doc was mad. I mean, he was furious at that guy. He said, are you serious, dude? Just came, just came home. Just came home from college. He had no idea. He didn't know that. He didn't, you know, what are you going to do? Stop and, and, and check, you know, you can't, oh, there's ducks, you know, 18 seconds before shooting light. We can't shoot, you know? Um, but yeah, that was the only ticket. Then when I got my job at Pope and Young, they said, have you ever been <laughs> charged with a game violation? And I said, well, <laughs> I shot a duck one time, three minutes before shooting light and I got a ticket. But, uh, anyway, so, um, one of my favorite stories though about that camp, you had mentioned how far down south it was. Christmas Eve, or Christmas Day night, Christmas Day night, we had decided it was dumping snow, like oh, record-breaking God. snow in Arkansas, um, like 17 inches where we were at. No, 14 at our house, 17 in Little Rock. Okay, between, in yeah, between. between us, yeah. And uh, like record-breaking snows, and we're like, let's go hunt in the snow. <sighs> and so we do a family movie every Christmas night. And so we were like, well, we need to take the kids to the movies. Let's go to the movies and then we'll head down. It's only a four hour drive with snow. We'll be there in six. You know, we'll get five hours of sleep, wake up and hunt. We didn't know it was going to be 14 inches of snow at this. So, so we take off and it takes us like 12 hours to drive 10, maybe 10 hours of drive. We get a flat when we're at Walmart, about to head out. In Monticello. We had driven all night long, finally get to Monticello, and like five miles before camp, there's not a stitch of snow on the ground. <laughs> we were so excited about hunting in the snow. And then like five miles before camp, the snow just stops, and there is no snow. So we had driven all night long through the snow, wrecks everywhere, roads shut down everywhere. Took us 10 hours to get there. We stop at Monticello. At Walmart, we come out, we have a flat. So then we have to fix a flat. Picked up a tire chain. Oh, my gosh. Link of a tire chain. And so we get to camp, and it's like 12 minutes before shooting light. And so we had driven all night long, 
12 minutes before shooting light, and you're like, well, just head straight to the blind. There's, we can't do anything else. Y'all were mad at me for not opening up the cabin. <laughs> so, uh, no, Adam was mad. Adam was mad. Yeah. Adam was mad. Um, <laughs> it's like, let's go. So we go straight to the blind, and we don't see a deer. We never saw a brown animal in the woods. <laughs> Drove 10 hours overnight. Never been there in my <laughs> entire life and didn't see deer, but. It it was and there wasn't any snow, so there really was no difference than what yeah. normally it might be. Um, but they had hunkered down; it was a lot colder than what it normally was, and and they just did not show up. Not a deer, and so we we go back with our heads hung, dead tired, drive back home. Twelve hours back home. Yeah, it was a uh, it was it was a fun trip. I can say that. <laughs> Um, uh, honestly, y'all boys got your sleep. I mean, you know. Yeah, we slept during the day. Yeah. Between hunts. Between hunts. But you slept on the way down there and on the way back, too. Yeah. I, I had to do all the driving. Well, I was, I was a, I don't, how, I mean, I wasn't married yet with kids. So I was, um, I don't know if I was in college yet or not, but. Oh, man, I can't remember. Um, I know for a I, fact I, I wasn't married with I would have thought you would have had your license. I would have thought you were 16 at that time. But I, I certainly right. wouldn't let him. Still not driving in the I snow. I honestly age. didn't like anybody to drive my truck. Uh, I had what we called the pig rig back then. It was a, a Chevy four-door. No. Uh, yeah, crew cab. Uh, crew, uh, extended cab. Extended cab. Uh, long Long bed, um, just a I, beefy truck. Yeah, I didn't like big anybody. old. Nasty I didn't truck. like anybody to drive it but me. There's a reason it was called the pig rig. <laughs> There's a reason it was called the pig rig. That is a good truck, and it wasn't because it hauled around a bunch of dead pigs. Yeah, it was because no. it was. Um, no, but that was a um, good time. Um, you have now started. You've got eight grandkids, and you've now started to take them out. Uh, again, not that. You know, we as dads don't take our kids out, but um, I've only taken Elijah out. I haven't taken any took Tucker. Well, we didn't actually hunt, but we go out in the what they call the big woods. Okay, um, but you've created the reason I wanted to ask you about this because again, we're going back to you know, you got me involved in hunting because you made it fun, you made it exciting. Your goal for getting these kids involved is I want it to be as comfortable as possible for them, and. I need some help as I get older. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I took uh, Elijah out, well, the very first time I took him out, he got mad because I I wouldn't shoot the deer. My bad. I should have shot the deer. But honestly, it was it was in a place that uh, was pretty tricky once you started shooting deer. Now, we're talking again this, with the th rifle. This was at the Alma place, right? No, no. This was at... Uh, Mimals, Mimals, okay. Place, and so once you start shooting with a rifle, you don't see deer for a while after that. So I didn't shoot, and then the, the next time I went back up uh, to Alma when he went with me, and I told him I said I I will if a deer comes out I will shoot it, and um, I I can't remember how old he was probably five maybe six I saw the picture uh, five or six. Because we were and, in town and I came out. And oh yeah, it. and you brought Hayden out. Yep. And uh, but I uh, I shot this deer, 
And I'll never forget, I was dragging this deer just a little ways out of the, out of the thick brush. And, uh, cause I could drive my truck the rest of the way down there, but I was dragging this deer and I hooked my heel on some brush and it tripped me up and I fell. And like, here he is, six years old, no bigger than a minute. And he's like grabbing my arm and my shoulder and he's helping me up. And he said, pop, pop, when I get older, I'll help you do that. <laughs> And I'm like, you bet you will. You know, it's funny. <laughs> so, is it had to have been maybe even the same year? Because Harper was just born. So, like the week Harper was born. So, Elijah and Hayden would have had to have been five or six. Anyways, Adam goes out and shoots a tanker at one of the properties we shared together. Shoots a tank. And so, he calls me. He's like, can you come help me get this? And I'm like, yeah, dude. Sure. I've got a three-day-old baby, but I'll be out there. <laughs> And so I jet out and, um, oh, Megan, Megan and all of them were at the house. So he said, can you bring Elijah? I'm like, of course. And so oh, me and Elijah go out. Now. I remember now. And, uh, Adam said, Elijah, you want to help me drag this? And so they fought it for a while, you know, having fun. And, and Adam was really acting like Elijah was helping, you know, and then Adam says, all right, bub, you know, move out of the way. Let, let Dylan help me carry this out. And, uh, and I think I had taken somebody with me. We filmed it. And, you know, at the time we were filming that TV show. And so we wanted to get all of it on video. And so somebody's videoing and we start pulling and you hear this little voice in the background go, look at you two strong fellas. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I still have that video. I show it to everybody because you hear that cute uh, little voice in the background. Uh, you know, that's, that's something I've always enjoyed the camaraderie of hunting. Uh, I took Elijah out. Uh, Elijah killed his first deer when he was eight. He killed one when he was nine. Now, fast forward to this year, he's 10. He shot he, a big one. It, no, no. That was not eight and nine. He hadn't killed one this year. Oh, and uh, I thought you meant this year, like as in the year we're in. Oh, no. no. And he, so uh, I, they come down for Christmas, and we have a three-day rifle hunt after Christmas. So uh, I made some time and, and took Elijah out hunting, and... Uh, there was uh, probably five or six deer out in front of There's just a little bit of knoll, a uh, little knoll about a hundred yards out. And uh, I, I told him which deer to shoot. He shot. Honestly, I, I, I was watching. I, I thought he missed. Uh, the deer, of course, jumped in the woods. Some of them, most of them, a couple of them sort of peeled out and came around and was standing in the trail about 150 yards away from our blind. And, and I thought it was the one that I had told him to shoot at. Um, and I said, well, shoot again. He shoots the deer drops right there. And so we're, we're getting out and we're walking up there. And of course he's, he's all hyper and he's, he's a little ahead of me. And all of a sudden he snaps around. And he says, pop, pop. I dropped them both. So here they are. There's this, this, there's a dead deer right behind that little knoll. And then there's one about 50 yards further than that. And okay, I've got to tell you, we're talking about the camaraderie. I, uh, uh so here I am. I just haven't had sinus surgery that, that, oh yeah. Oh man, it was, it was terrible. Ended up supposed to be in the hospital for, uh, 
uh, supposed to leave there in about an hour and a half, maybe two hours, and end up having another surgery. So for that those night. listeners, for those listeners who know, um, when we went on that hunt in Missouri with Joey Zatmary and the guys from Bear Archery, I was driving back from this hunt, and I'm getting phone calls saying, "Get to Arkansas now." Your dad just went unconscious, and he's not going to make it. Like, yeah, it, that was crazy. That wasn't stuff. the case. But anyway, I, he made I, it. I, he I, made I, it. I, I did crash. They took me back into surgery, and here is supposed to be this little bitty thing. And I'd spent a couple of days in ICU, and uh, now we're talking about camaraderie. So here's what happened. I, I couldn't stand the cold weather, and one of my hunting buddies – now, remember – at this point, I'm not hunting way down south. I'm hunting 30 minutes from the house. And I, one of the guys, he works for the Ryan Pepper. He works for the railroad. He said uh, that he was going to be down at Ozark, which is six or seven miles from where we were hunting. And so I call him to see if he could possibly come and help me because instead of one deer, I got two deer to take care of. And so I call him. And, uh, first thing he says is, oh, I didn't get to go down to Ozark today. And so I talked just a little bit and I'm like, oh man, nothing. No, what'd you need? What'd you need? And, uh, I said, well, I, I, Elijah killed two deer instead of one. And I, this cold weather is killing me. So I think I'm just going to load them up, bring them home. I'll just do it all there. And, uh, he's like, oh, I'll be down in a minute. So he, he's, you know, 30, 35 minutes away, and he just stops everything that he's doing, drives down there, helps me uh, take care of my deer, and, and you know, drives back home. So That's awesome. That, that's what I, I – I just love it. And, and I've got anybody in the club, any, anybody would have come. Of course, a couple of them was working, but, but anybody would have come and done that. Uh, Ryan – He's only been hunting. This is only his second year in the club with us, um, but uh, he's he's just like the rest of them. He'll jump in there and do anything. So the moral of the anything. story is just have good friends. Have good friends. Amen. Um, so I ask every one of my guests, what is your hunting 101 tip you got for us? Just to make people a better hunter. It could be as simple as don't pee in the wind. Um, uh, okay. Have this, good friends. This is, this is corny. Have good friends. But – um, you're going to be, uh, one, one of the things, just enjoy it. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't make it into something that you don't enjoy. Right. Uh, one of the things I've learned, your little cousin said this the very first time, uh, very first time I heard this is I asked him why he liked to, to do something and, or why he ran cross country. Somebody said, because I'm good at it. I asked him if, if it was fun, if it, no, I'm good at it. Hmm. People like to do what they're good at or simply what they enjoy. And I've sort of tried to make both of it uh, because if I enjoy something, I, to me, that's what makes me good. I, yeah. if I enjoy it. I'm good. I, I, I love to hunt because I enjoy it, no matter right. how you know success is in the eye of the beholder. I I consider myself successful because absolutely every time I go hunting, 
I enjoy it. Sometimes I don't enjoy it until after I get warmed up and fed and, you know, maybe it's been a wet, miserable hunt and I enjoy looking back on it. Uh, but most of the time I enjoy it just in the moment. Yeah. Guys, not knowing the law is not an excuse for breaking the law. And sometimes going through different state agency websites, they're clunky, they're hard to get around, they're hard to understand, they're, they're not laid out well. They're just difficult. And for guys, especially who hunt multiple states, um, you're bouncing between states, you're going different places. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with season dates, bag limits, laws, rules, regulations. Seasonreport.com is your one-stop shop for everything you need to know about every state you hunt in. You can save the, the counties that you hunt in inside your portfolio, and then you can look at everything on a calendar view. So I can see when the seasons open and close in Oklahoma and Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas. I can see when all those season dates are open, when they overlap with rifle season, so I know when I got to throw my orange on. I can see everything on one easy-to-use, easy-to-understand platform, but also every rule, law, regulation, it's right there. I don't have to go through the state clunky agency websites. It's all right there in one place for me to look at easy to understand, easy to follow. Guys, this is something that I, it saves me every year. I check the, the I check it out every year. Um, I look at it before every hunt to make sure, you know, something didn't open or close that I didn't know about. Guys, this entire platform is just 10 bucks for the entire year. It's the best 10 bucks in my opinion that you can spend on hunting and making sure that you're covered as far as the law goes. Guys use code hunting 101 that's all caps hunting 101 and get that entire platform for just 10 bucks for the entire year i would highly highly encourage it again it's the best 10 bucks that i believe you can spend in a season guys thank you so much for listening uh it's been an absolute i've wanted to do this podcast since i've done hunting podcasts um since way back when i started a podcast um called kill and eat five years ago maybe um and i've always wanted to have my dad on to just talk about my start, his start, um, kind of our shared memories together. Um, and it finally happened. Dad was in town and I just put out a podcast this week and I'm like, dad, why don't we do a podcast? And so guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, my dad is, is looking forward to being, um, uh, hunting famous now he's been on the bear archery podcast and so um go give him a like and follow he's on all the social media platforms <laughs> i'm not on any social media fan you can find you gotta, you gotta search really hard you can find him though uh, i don't do facebook or nothing <laughs> no but Sorry. guys thank you so much for listening y'all have a fantastic week